Good morning, everyone. Um, as Sam said, my name is Seth Walker, um, and I am from, I'm originally from Hastings, but I right now am the youth minister at Heartlands Church in Lincoln, just down the road. Um, and I'm married to Corey Walker. I know a lot of you don't know me, but you might know my wife. She was the British girl in admissions last year. And as Sam said, I graduated from here in 2015. And one of my favorite things was when we had a guest speaker and they gave a short chapel or well speech. So I'm going to try to make this one a short one for you guys today. So like I said, I grew up in Hastings, Nebraska. By a show of hands, who in here is from Nebraska? Are you from Hastings? You raise your hand very quick. Okay, you're from Nebraska. So, oh, awesome. <laughs> uh, so that means the rest of you are not from Nebraska. About half and half, maybe a little less than half. For me, coming to York was great because I got to meet a lot of people with different backgrounds and stories than I had. And I played baseball here, and I, at the time, a lot of my teammates were from California. And getting to know them helped me shape a wider perspective. I think York is a great place for that. It's really sort of like a melting pot of people from all over the place, all different backgrounds and stories. Today, I want to talk about a guy in the Bible who was one of the more popular Pharisees or religious leaders of the time. His name was Nicodemus. In John chapter 3, Nicodemus came to Jesus to ask questions because he was curious. Whether he was curious to confirm his own bias or he was genuinely interested, I'm not entirely sure. What I do know is Jesus completely shattered Nicodemus' world with John 3.16. And John 3.16 is one of the most popular verses in the Bible. Some of you may be able to quote it, but Tim Tebow wore it on his eye black, but I think it's popular because it's just a short summary of the gospel. And John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So there's one part of this that's very earth-shattering to Nicodemus. Nicodemus and the rest of the religious leaders at the time believed that they were the chosen people. They believed Israel was the chosen people. They believed that just because they were born a Jew that they would have eternal life with God. So Jesus saying God loved the world was a huge statement to Nicodemus because God, they thought God loved Israel and not the entire world. Do you think this maybe sounds familiar to present day today? Do you maybe view some people as the chosen people or not the chosen people? Maybe you see some people walking around campus that you view as the chosen people. Regardless of this, Jesus came to completely destroy that idea. He died for the whole world and not just our pocket of it. He didn't just die for the USA or just Democrats or Republicans. He also died for people who talk during movies. He died for people who get in the left lane on the interstate and they drive really slow. He died for people who don't love raising canes, no matter how wrong you are in that. He also died for people who have made mistakes and are hoping for a change. He died for the entire world and not just our pocket of it. So there's this book that I've been reading called Everybody Always by Bob Goff, and it's a really good book. You'll never guess what it's about. It's about loving everybody always. And I want to read these couple of paragraphs to you today. The world we live in right now is really great at division. It's great at teaching us to only love people who talk like us, think like us, have the same political ideologies as us, live where we do, and see everything like we do. The world also teaches us that anybody who talks, thinks, worships, looks different from us, or sees the world differently than us cannot be trusted, or that they may even be our enemy. This way of seeing the world makes love pretty conditional. 
with that condition being we only have to love people who are just like us. The good news is that God is not like that, not even close to that. God's love is unconditional, and it's for everybody. God's love turns enemies into friends, and it's bigger than all things we can cook up to divide ourselves. But God doesn't want to be the only one that loves this way. He wants us to love this way too. God doesn't want us to love some people sometimes. He wants us to love everybody always. That means everybody. The people we like and the people we don't. The people we respect and the people that creep us out. The people we admire and the people we don't. Everybody actually means everybody. So, my challenge to you while you're at York, in a melting pot of people from all different backgrounds and stories, get to know each other. Because our brain naturally likes to put things in boxes. And I think we put things and people in boxes because it helps us understand them quicker. Helps us understand the world quicker. And if we learn a fact about someone that we've already learned about someone else, we put them under the same umbrella or in the same box as this other person that we know. But to unbox the world makes it a lot less controlled, and we love control as humans. I know I do, but we're all complex individuals. And as a great philosopher Shrek says, we're like onions. We have layers to us. You might think someone acts a certain way because they're from a different state. Maybe you think someone acts a certain way because they're an Enneagram 4. Maybe you think someone acts a certain way because they're a different gender or race than you. You see how this can start to be a dangerous way of thinking? So I want you to think of someone here at York that you've maybe put into a box. For me, I know I became a Christian in high school, and so coming here, people who grew up going to church, I kind of put in this like cookie-cutter Christian or goody-two-shoes that have never had anything wrong in their life. They've never really um, had a had challenging past or anything like that. But I got to know them, and I realized that I was wrong. A lot of those people made a real impact on my life and are my really good friends today. So, you have a great opportunity in front of you, and this melting pot of people from all over the world right in this room. Get to know each other. Ask each other questions. Don't just try to confirm your bias about one another. Ask with genuine interest about who they are. Because learning others' identities can help shape who you are, and learning about the people around you helps you understand who you are. Understand that one fact about someone doesn't determine who they are or who they're going to become. Because everyone is made in the image of God and not just the people we agree with. Because God loves the whole world and not just our pocket of it. So my challenge to you is get to know each other. Thank you.